This episode is brought to you by Red Range Stock Supplements. Red Range is a locally owned family run business based in Kununurra, Western Australia and servicing the whole Northwest. They offer a range of custom blended supplements for cattle and horses tailored specifically to your individual requirements. For more information or to discuss your supplement needs, please visit redrainstocksupplements.com.au. Listening to the Central Station Podcast, where we bring you stories of what life in the outback is really like and why many wouldn't live anywhere else. So pull up a stump, pop the billy on, or crack a cold one as we talk to the men and women who call some of the most remote parts of Australia home. This podcast is brought to you by Ariat Australia, the perfect choice for tough jobs. Ariat boots and clothing work hard, look good and are so comfortable, there's never a need to slow down. Visit ariat.com.au today. I'm James Christian, and this is my story, Commuting. Since moving from the station to the bustling metropolis of Alice Springs, I've had to adjust to a number of lifestyle changes. Some of them are probably for the better, and some of them make my mother happier, and some of them I could do without. My commute is now a 21-kilometre drive across town instead of a 400-metre walk from my Gundi to the workshop. And let's be honest, I used to drive to the workshop instead of walking because driving let me sleep for an extra five minutes. Crossing from one side of Alice Springs to the other, through the gap and down the highway, reveals myriad elements of territory life. If the sun isn't up, then fires are visible throughout the Todd River, ringed by people standing, sitting and sleeping. The Sturst Desert Peas in the nature strips house freshly drained VB cans. Road trains weave their way along the bitumen ribbon of road, hoping they'll get all green lights and won't have to hit the picks, change gear or pull into the Weybridge. Town roads are dangerous things, even when compared with unfenced station roads with unpredictable livestock hidden in thick scrub. If you drive anywhere in the NT after 8 o'clock in the morning and before 4 o'clock, Between April and September, you'll probably get run over by grey nomads. In town, they take up both lanes of the road, often indicating after turning and pulling out into intersections before checking it's clear. Then they get onto Channel 40 and start bleating, Does anybody know where the cheap fuel is? And, No, don't turn there. Turn to the next one. We'll wait for you. Which is often met with both blinkers going off simultaneously as Mrs. Nomad starts calling the manoeuvres and signalling directions across the face of Mr. Nomad in case he decided to think for himself. You really need to keep your wits about you. Instead of relying on the station social club, spit tin ceremonies or the dinner table in the quarters for maximum interpersonal activities, Alice Springs has pubs, bars, sporting venues, cafes, supermarkets, the casino and houses. Each venue is perfectly capable of holding a get-together, illicit or otherwise. So rather than being limited to the jokes and antics of other ringers, the cook and the gardener, town life provides whole new cohorts of people to swipe the unfavourable way when playing Tinder, a game I am yet to master. People in town wear clothes other than wiggles-coloured half-button shirts and torn jeans. 
and the fruit salad that is our society further reinforces the line from the Groove Armada song, if everybody looked the same, we'd get tired of looking at each other. The people watching in Alice can be unreal. The Alice Springs workforce has a revolving door similar to that at The Lodge. Every couple of months new people full of vim and vigour shift in to save the world and the burnt-out skeletons of those who realise the world can't be saved shift out. Happily, the new nurses, teachers, doctors, social workers and cops are enthusiastic to go to rodeos, camp in the bush and watch the Fink Desert race trackside. Swags, Hakubras, Eskies and anything made by ARB or Austrail are jammed into vehicles and rattled across corrugated roads at full tilt. The driver and passengers delighted with the fact they're likely to see more stars than they've ever seen before and it won't even matter that the stakes get burnt by someone testing their limits with how long they can reach over the hot plate with six-inch tongs. On a side note, it amazes me how many people have bought four-wheel drives on the off chance they'll go camping around Alice. Any number of new or second-hand four-wheel drive vehicles have been retrofitted with millions of dollars of camping equipment and trinkets, only for tech screws holding the tent to the roof racks to rattle out, the wormwood sawdust to come out of the gearboxes, and the vehicle's ground clearance will be approximately one grasshopper. My theory, and I'm happy to take all comments and criticisms here, is that there are only three cars required in the NT. Land Cruiser Utes, Holden Commodores, and Ford Falcons. Pastoralists prefer cruisers because they're relatively easily maintained, can tow heavy trailers, be loaded to the gunnels, and have pretty good ground clearance. On the other hand... In the Northern Territory, there are literally thousands of Holden Commodores and Ford Falcons crossing country nobody would ever try to take a Toyota. Commodore and Falcon spares can be fashioned out of Spinifex, Mulga and shopping trolleys. They run for hundreds of kilometres on flat tyres. The only tools you need are a hammer and a butter knife, and they can fit entire families in them with plenty of extra space on the roof for the kids if they're being naughty. At roughly four grand each second hand, I reckon they're a bargain. Now I'm no longer on the station, I need to buy my own food and cook my own meals. The benefit of having meals prepared by someone else isn't valued highly enough. Luckily for me, my parents taught me how to cook quite nicely, but bloody hell, 21 meals, assuming no smoko, adds up in both time and monetary senses. Additionally, when you have to pay for your own beef, Christ on a bike. At Woolies the other day, rump was 23 bucks a kilo. I'm not writing the price to keep... The bastards charge too much for beef when we only get X dollars a kilo fire going because, frankly, I think that fire is silly. But if you want to keep eating the best meat in the world, it'll damn you bankrupt you. Chicken's okay if you like flavourless food. Lamb's all right if someone else cooks it, and bacon goes nicely with eggs. The station system of having food prepared for you in exchange for hard work and washing up is one I support absolutely. If you take nothing else away from this article, please heed this warning. Stay on a station if you want to keep sinking your teeth into beef for free. Shifting panels and getting knocked off your motorbike is worth it. Ag Workforce specialises in recruiting for agricultural jobs including farm work, station work and agribusiness across Australia. View current jobs, advertise a position or register as a job seeker at agworkforce.com. Dot com dot au. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend or leave us a review. It really helps other people find our podcast. 
you can find our website at centralstation.net.au where we have over 1,200 stories published from across Northern Australia. All of our podcast episodes, a tourism directory for visiting an outback cattle station and training and employment resources. We're on Facebook at Central Station, True Stories from Outback Australian Cattle Stations. And we're on Instagram at centralstation.net.au. And we're also on Twitter at Central Station 6. To discuss this episode with other listeners, head on over to our Facebook group, Central Station Podcast.